My name is Emily Hines, and I attend Houston City Council meetings and take notes, which I am sharing with you. Today's notes are from the council meeting that took place on December 7th, 2022. First up, the mayor's report. I will skip the monthly financial report. It was very brief and start with the mayor's report, which was also brief. Mayor Turner said we are in the midst of flu season and encouraged everyone to get their flu shot, especially with all of the holiday gatherings going on. Today is National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. And Mayor Turner said the next major parade is the 45th annual MLK Jr. Parade on January 16th, 2023, in partnership with Black Heritage Society. Moving on to some agenda items. Item four adopted the Greater Harris County 911 Emergency Network 2023 budget of $56.9 million. This budget must be approved by several entities, including Harris County and the city of Houston. The city will be reimbursed $18.4 million out of this budget for call-taking positions. Councilmember Abby Kamen of District C mentioned long wait times for non-emergency calls and proposed leaning on partners to provide more support, aka money. Item 5 approved the Houston First Corporation 2023 budget of $200 million. A long love note discussion of Houston First ensued, taking up about 45 minutes. I won't go over each council member's praise because it was redundant and I am generally confused by the adoration for Houston First, although I guess I shouldn't be because money. Here are some other highlights. Councilmember Martha Castix Tatum, District K, looks forward to the Supplier Diversity Initiative, which sounds similar to the MWSBE, that's Minority Women and Small Business Enterprise Requirements for City Contracts. Councilmember Kamen shared that Houston First is now paying janitorial staff $15 per hour, which is great. Councilmember Dave Martin of District E wants to bug the state during the upcoming legislative session for funding, and Councilmember Castix Tatum agreed and specifically mentioned film incentives. Also, just in case you don't know what Houston First is, here's a blip from their website. In 2011, the city of Houston established Houston First, a local government corporation created to operate the city's convention and performing arts facilities, as well as promote Houston as a world-class destination for tourism and conventions. So uh, if you think about the George R. Brown Convention Center, that's Houston First. They do a lot of marketing for all of the big conferences, big uh, venues and tours and stuff that come through Houston. Item 7 approved $48 million over seven years for mobile radios for HPD paid for with ARPA money. Item 15 approved a contract extension and additional $1.2 million for the Montrose Center's housing program for people with AIDS. Item 19 approved $2.3 million for a Harris County program that aims to control the spread of COVID-19 in prisons and jails. Item 22 approved a contract increase from $1.6 million to $2.6 million for research and design work on the North Canal Diversion Channel Project in downtown Houston. And it appropriated $970,000 from the Dedicated Drainage and Street Renewal Fund to pay for that. We're going to call that the DDSR Fund. Councilmember at Large Mike Knox thinks DDSR funding should not be used to pay for non-physical effort like design and planning, and he argued the intent of the fund was to pay for actual construction of drainage projects. He said, quote, we have lied to the public about how these funds will be used, causing government mistrust. 
Pretty much everyone disagreed and said that you can't build something without designing it first, so it is not a misuse of funds. Knox voted no, the item still passed. Item 40 approved spending $10.5 million to purchase a 73-acre parcel of land that was formerly a landfill from West University. This land will eventually become the Rufino Stormwater Detention Project, a retention basin. Mayor Turner said this project has been in the works for at least seven years. Item 42 updated the Code of Ordinances to require permits for music events held on private property that will have more than 500 people in attendance. Councilmember Knox suggested an amendment to the ordinance that would strike the word music from the language, making this ordinance apply to all events on private property with more than 500 people in attendance. Pretty much everyone disagreed with him again. He ultimately withdrew his proposed amendment and the item passed. Councilmember Kamen stressed that this ordinance has been in the works for months, with plenty of time for discussion and tweaks prior to the big vote in council chamber. She and Mayor Turner emphasized how the ordinance, as written, was well vetted and reviewed by public safety officials. The ordinance with Knox's proposed amendment, not so much. Next, let's focus a bit on item 43, which is for affordable homes in District B. Item 43 approved a loan agreement to finance a single-family development in Acres Homes, which is in District B. Some of the homes will be market rate, and some of the homes will target low-income households. The agreement originally said that the target for the affordable homes in the development was for households making 90 to 120% of the average median income, or AMI. But Councilmember Tiffany Thomas of District F, who also chairs the Housing Committee, introduced an amendment to move the lower side of that threshold to 80%. Thomas said this item works to halt gentrification. She said that building new affordable homes would allow people who have been priced out of these neighborhoods to move back into them. She said not everyone wants to or has the ability to rehab older homes, and items like this create more opportunity. Councilmember Castix Tatum asked for an explanation on AMI, and in response, Mayor Turner rattled off income requirements, which wasn't very helpful in my opinion. I was hoping for more of like, how is this calculated? Why is it calculated this way, etc. But it seems this wasn't the meeting for that. Councilmember came in advocated for building responsibly as we get more dense, because the city's infrastructure is already strained. This item passed after lots of talk about gentrification, fighting narratives, the real estate market, and more. I really recommend taking a listen if these topics interest you. I thought it was a really good conversation. And finally, the councilmember pop-offs. Councilmember Tarsha Jackson of District B related some successful hiring due to the B Successful Initiative. She plugged the District B holiday dinner this Sunday, December 11th at 6 p.m. at New Faith Baptist Church. The District B choir will perform. Councilmember Carolyn Evans Shabazz of District D plugged a Black Male Summit this Saturday, December 10th, and a town hall on Thursday, December 8th. The topic is these bike lanes on Blodgett that she has been opposed to at the last couple of meetings. I attended this town hall. If anyone wants to send me questions about it, please feel free. Councilmember Thomas plugged the ribbon cutting on January 14th for the new A-Leaf Center. She asked for help combating crime at poker clubs in District F, and she asked for help fixing busted sidewalks because Houston Public Works quoted her $2 million to fix one street. Councilmember at large Sally Alcorn joined the sidewalk bandwagon and advocated for sidewalks to become city responsibility rather than private property owners. She suggested a bond election to pay for them. And that's it. That was the meeting. 
Again, I want to thank our Patreon supporters. And if you would like to become one of those Patreon supporters, the website is patreon.com slash emilytakesnotes. And we really appreciate it. I also want to especially thank Houston In Action and ACLU Texas for their support and Tecolotl, who have been doing Spanish translation for these notes. Um, you can catch them in English and Spanish on my Instagram, which is Emily's, and on the website, which is emilytakesnotes.com. You can find resources for this episode that you are listening to, including where to watch city council meetings and how to find your city council member in the show notes. This podcast has music from Joe Wozni. It was produced by Connor Clifton. And that's it for this week. My name is Emily Hines, and I thank you for listening. 